Do you ever wonder where to begin, where to start when you're starting plants from seeds for the vegetable garden? Well, the beginning might be even before you open those catalogs or as you open them, and we'll learn more about that with today's guest, Margaret Roach. Hello again and welcome. It's Ken Drews, and you're listening to Ken Drews Real Dirt, The Garden Show. Well, today I, I am going to be speaking with Margaret Roach. Margaret Roach is the former director of Martha Stewart Living, the editorial director, and also she was the editor-in-chief of Martha Stewart Living magazine, and now she is the creator and the operator and the inputter of A Way to Garden, really just about the best gardening blog around, awaytogarden.com. And we're going to be talking about seeds for starting plants for the vegetable garden, but I have a feeling, knowing Margaret, we're going to learn a whole lot more than we ever expected. So if you think you're going to put a seed into a little peat pot, you've come to the wrong place. We're going to find out some interesting things, the news about starting plants from seeds, and where you buy vegetable seeds, how you buy vegetable seeds, and some things special to look for when you're thinking about buying vegetable seeds. I've got a lot of ideas I want to, I want to grow squash, I want to grow tomatoes, I want to grow cilantro. But there's things I, I haven't even thought about, even when I'm looking at the catalogs. And Margaret, of course, she's got the news, she's got the updates, and we're going to hear about some of those important things to watch out for when you peruse the catalogs with Margaret Roach right now. I'm speaking with Margaret Roach, the former editorial director of Martha Stewart Living Omnimedia, former editor-in-chief of Martha Stewart Living Magazine, and the creator of A Way to Garden well, frankly, the best blog on the net. Really the best one. And a very, 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 very popular place that uh, lots of people go to find out what's happening, not only with Margaret on her blog, but uh, with gardening and things to do. And it's always beautiful and has wonderful drawings. It, it is really the full-service garden site. Right. We aim to please, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. We are members of the Overachievers Garden Communicators Club. Well, I was taught by the master. I was taught by you, oh. remember? So, I was yes. looking at one of the books that we did together. We did two books together, The Collector's Garden and The Natural Habitat Garden. And I was looking at The Natural Habitat Garden, which is not in print. And boy, that's a good book. It is a good book. You know, it, it still is actually, I think, ahead of a lot of people's understanding of some of the issues. Do you know what I mean? I think it was it was so esoteric then, but um, now it seems like what everyone's looking for. Well, I was looking for something, and there <laughs> it was. <laughs> it's interesting to use yourself as a reference. Yes, exactly. And there I was, just what I wanted to know about meadow and prairie and prairie making and, and controlled burns. Mm -hmm. I remember like when we went and did one with Neil DeBall out in Wisconsin. Yep, yep. Pretty funny. But this time of year, I'm thinking about seeds. I'm thinking about freezing seeds. to death. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was minus eight today, and you said you thought you were minus eight, too? Yeah, absolutely. About Right about there. Eight, eight to ten, something like that. Yep. Mm -hmm. Cold. Very cold, very cold, very cold. And, of course, everybody always has that optimistic view that, oh, maybe it's killing off all the bad insects. But I, I don't think so. I'm sure the ticks will be there when we, <laughs> when we wake up again. Well, I've got at least ten inches of snow, so they're oh, perfectly toasty. Totally. Yeah, we're a couple of. It's I guess we have about knee high. 
So, yeah, oh. it's lovely. Lovely, lovely, lovely. But anyway, yeah, seeds is what I'm thinking about, and I'm allowing myself to uh, to shop a little bit, but just a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah, I look at the different catalogs, and they have minimum, minimum orders of like three packets, so I could do that. Yeah, no, I know, but I, I took my inventory yesterday. We had actually a power outage for a number of hours, and I took my um, I, t- I used the time to uh, look at seed catalogs and uh, and inventory last year's seeds, which I always try to do first. And I realized I have a lot of things, and then there's things that I don't have to fill in the spaces. But what's happened to me this year? That's um, and you know, I've always you and I. I mean, you were the first person to inspire me about this. That when you did the natural garden and and just you know raising consciousness about thinking about um, gardening and its connection to the environment and so forth, um, which more all the time, of course, I am and I'm sure you are. I'll tell you, I'm having trouble shopping from a lot of catalogs who don't meet sort of certain standards, um, ethical standards. I, I don't mean to be to sound judgmental. I just mean to say for my taste at this time in the 21st century with what I know and what I see going on environmentally, I want some sort of minimum standards of adherence from the catalogs I'm going to give my money to for those three packets, you know, at a time. So you're talking about organic? Well, and it's interesting. I, I You can't really, you can't get everything, every variety of every kind of seed in an organic form. It just doesn't exist. I don't know whether to say yet or it never will. It just doesn't exist. But that would be great. And where I can get the organic variety, the organically grown or OG, it usually says in the entry in the seed catalog, where I can get the OG form of something I want. You know, if I'm getting a buttercup squash and they have the regular and the OG, I'll take the OG. It, you pay a premium for it. It costs more, but I will I will get it. Um, uh, but I wasn't even really sure why I felt that way until I read an article by uh, this longtime plant breeder, Dr. John Navazio of Washington State University. He was a famous carrot breeder. I mean, if that can be famous. Um, anyway, he, he's now with the Organic Seed Alliance and, again, also with Washington State. And um, I read a bunch of different versions of an article that he wrote about why we should care about organically grown seed and hope someday that there's a lot more of it, which is what he's working toward. Um, it turns out the way that seed is grown, when, when you're not growing spinach, you know, to have spinach in your salad bowl, in your, gar- in your home garden, which, mm-hmm. you know, when do we harvest it? Young and tender, right? Right. When you want to grow the plant to be a seed crop, so you have, you know, 10 acres of spinach because you're a spinach seed grower, when, when do you harvest it? When it's old and way past, you know, prime. And how do you get it? successfully all the way to that very long um, end point, you give it a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of water. If anything starts to go wrong with that crop, you give it a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of um, chemicals. Um, and you make sure that it doesn't get pests, you know, et cetera. You give it lots of fertilizer. You want that plant to really outperform because, you know, the seed is uh, an important harvest and you only get one chance, right? I mean, it's not mm-hmm. like you can say, oh, I think I'll sow a little more spinach and, you know, it, it's a big investment. So the the um, restrictions on uh, the use of chemicals when people are growing seed crops is so much more lax. Oh. Than, so they're allowed to really nuke the babies, you know, big time. And that's the technical term. 
And seed crops, <laughs> seed crops are really coddled. The regulations on chemical usage when raising seed is much looser than on growing the same vegetable for the food market so or in your own garden. So your upstream pollution that you, by buying a seed that's not raised in an organic way, and, and I'm going to give a footnote to that in a minute, but ideally someday in an organic way, you're contributing to a whole bunch of pollution. And, and so... You know, so it's sort of like it, it has repercussions. Plus, an even maybe more startling thing that, of course, Dummy over here didn't put two and two together. I could have figured this out even before I read his article. Is that that? What do we want when we want a garden plant? We want one that's adapted to our conditions, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. So I'm an organic gardener. You're an organic gardener. I I would say yes. Mm-hmm. I've done yes. many years. Yes, we have been for before it was fashionable. So, <laughs> so guess what? The seedling that comes from that seed that was coddled with all those chemicals and all that extra water in that seed field far away is not well adapted to your and my organic garden where we're trying to grow using you know, healthy soil and having built our soil, but we're not giving those supplements, right? Mm-hmm. So this is not a well-adapted crop to an organic garden. So that's another reason. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's interesting. There's actually more reasons than I understood. It's not just like, oh, I want everything organic because that's the right thing. It actually is sort of, there's sort of like a breakdown. There's this upstream right. so. But that said you can't get everything at this right. right now. So what I'm doing is I'm at least buying from people only from people who have taken the safe seed, uh, pledge, um, who have said that they're not going to have, they're not going to be growing, um, GMO crops, you know, that they're not mm. knowingly using or selling any genetically modified crops. So that's number one. I'm not buying from anybody who doesn't take the safe seed pledge, which high mowing organic seed started in 1999 and now more than 100 companies have signed on for. Mm. Um, you can get the list. I, um, I actually have it on my website, but you can get the list. You could probably look that up for safe seed pledge and you'll find um, list online. Uh, uh, of, of who's on it. So that's, that's one thing. And then I'm also reading the fine print, Ken. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm interested in what they're saying in catalogs telling me where they get their seed. And the really good ones, the ones that I love, I don't know if we're allowed to name names. Are we allowed to name names? Uh, yes, I would say yes. Yeah, well, like Fedco, for instance, you know, funky, sort of hippie-ish, wonderful co-op in Maine that I've loved forever. You know, they tell you, hey, we don't have everything certified organic, but we can tell you that we've put together a family of growers who adhere to standards we feel are acceptable that are growing um, seed in a con- uh, con- growing their seed in a conscious way, sustainable. They require their growers to be, you know, sustainable um, farmers, you know, that are following good practices of soil soil and land stewardship. Um, you know, the sea- the companies that. Uh, and the high mowing, of course, is uh, another one. They've been organic for a very long time, um, all certified organic stuff. Um, but, you know, th- that's what I want to do. I'm saying read the fine print. And if there is no fine print, something's wrong. Because in this day and age, these are hot buttons. If someone didn't take the safe seed pledge and say there's no GMO seed in their catalog, wow, that's pretty scary to me. I don't want that stuff. I don't want any of these crops that may have been, you know, um, created in that manner. So anyway, so I know I sound like a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but no, you know, even to me, and you and I have a lot of experience. I didn't know that until I, until I started doing some reading, um, prompted by some of the things in, uh, again, like the high mowing catalog, the, um, uh, the Fedco catalog, mm-hmm. and a few others where there is an active discussion uh, of such matters. And I thought, wow, I don't know enough about this. I need to learn more. So. Well, knowledge is power, as they say. I'm speaking with Margaret Roach, the former editorial director of Martha Stewart Living Omnimedia, and the creator and producer and star of A Way to Garden, one of the most popular and best blogs on gardening around. I'll be right back. Thank you for staying with us. I'm Ken Drews, and this is Ken Drews' Real Dirt, The Garden Show. And I'm speaking with Margaret Roach, the former editorial director of Martha Stewart Living Omnimedia, creator of A Way to Garden blog, the best site for everything. And we're learning today so many new things about seeds, seeds, things about seeds I didn't think of, frankly, because I, I avoid seeds that are not organically produced, but I didn't really put it together that you're going to have wimpy plants. Yes, and apparently this is one of the real, um, you know, this is where the chain of events, just because you shop for something, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to do well because the way it's been produced, um, you know, it's not enough just to grow them organically in our own gardens, I guess is what I'm saying. So someday I dream of, you know, being able to get the right seed for the right job here. But meantime, I'm going to be really, really careful and I'm going to, you know, again, look for people who have taken the safe seed pledge. I'm going to look to see how they describe uh, the growers who contribute uh, the seed stock to their, um, you know, to their catalog. Um, you know, and, you know, again, many growers cannot make the certified organic claim because maybe they haven't met the guidelines yet. You know, it's very, it can be expensive for small growers to do it. Mm-hmm. Maybe ideologically they disagree with some aspects of the standards, like they might be a biodynamic farmer um, and they might be, but they don't want to get certified because they have their own practice. But again, I want to know that it's coming from a place where it's sustainable practices, um, and I I know that by doing that and by putting my dollars in that direction, over time I think that it's going to lead to seeds that are more adapted to the way that I actually grow them, which again is without all those artificial ingredients. So well, and if anyone the way anyone grows them, if someone is not an organic gardener and if they're just interested in not having to spray their plants more or feed their plants more or give their plants more water, they're, they're starting with seeds that are more dependent on those things. Because, so it does yeah. make sense to you too, right? It's like in a high, even though, again, we could have puzzled this out ourselves, but I never thought to think of it if no. that makes any sense. Okay. So that's, 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 you know, one of the things that I'm doing. And so, and I found some great resources. Um, I, I think I just wrote about them last week on the, on a way to garden. Um, uh, the Organic Farming Research Foundation um, is is one organization that has a lot of interesting material. Um, you know, you kind of have to pick around because I'm more likely, and the Organic Seed Alliance, uh, which I think is just seedalliance.org, um, <clears throat> you know, is kind of a, a great hub to start from. And, and you have to do some homework, which is why I tried to kind of collate it into an article recently because, you know, for the readers to pick around like you and I can because we recognize some of the names and you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's Some of it's hard going because some of it's serious science. 
stuff, but worth it. And it got me very excited and it got me shopping in a different way. So, of course, then there's the whole matter of what I want to buy. Well, that's what I, that's my next question is <laughs> what are you thinking about growing this year? Um, I am, I always grow, uh, all my white potatoes, uh, my sweet potatoes, all my garlic, um, my onions. So those things, you know, take up, I mean, I have a limited amount of space in sun. I grow in raised beds. I added a few more raised beds last year, but I have a, I have a very hilly property as you know. Mm -hmm. And so putting raised beds in is, you know, tricky matter. It can't just be put right in the middle of everything. It would be pretty unsightly. Um, so I'm kind of maxed out at the moment. So those four crops, you know, the garlic, the onions, the um, potatoes, sweet and white, those take um, a lot of, uh, th those take some of my beds up. And then, of course, I grow all my own tomato products for the year and I, you know, can them and so forth and freeze. So that takes up another big chunk. Um, well, the, the, the potatoes and the onions, you're starting those from sets and from pieces of them? Uh, yeah, I buy the potatoes in um, uh, organic uh, seed potato. Um, I buy them in each year. Technically, I could save them. I actually have a good spot. I found finally over 25 years of being in this house. I found the spot where they will stay, and they stay nice and firm right through till spring. The trick there is that I'm not really qualified to know if I have any virus or anything. You know, the plants look healthy. The, the spuds are delicious and look good. But I'm not really qualified to know if I might be carrying over any kind of disease, any, any viral disease. Right. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So yes, I could do it, but I've never done it. So I buy, um, I buy my, my, uh, my, um, seed potatoes, mm -hmm. um, that onions, I have been lazy like the last couple of years and I've been buying seedlings, but they're very expensive, uh, organically grown onion seedlings. So I'm, I'm buying seed this year. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, those need to get started soon because those are a long, Right. period of time indoors so I'll be doing those um, I grow a lot of greens because I'm, I've been a vegetarian for maybe 30 almost 35 years so I uh, I grow a lot of greens uh, a lot of different kales I'm not so crazy about the vates types the really curly frilly stuff I like um, you know the dinosaur the the Tuscan kind, mm -hmm. um, Lacinato, I guess you, you call it. And I love, my favorite old one is Red Russian. Those are actually both heirloom varieties, but I, I love Red Russian. Um, some collards, uh, lots of arugula, you know, salad stuff. Um, I'm experimenting more and more with um, Asian vegetables. Ah. I started growing pak choys last year and the year before. And actually, I'm getting into the mini ones. I don't know if you've seen that these extra dwarfs and dwarf pak choys or bok choy, whatever you want to call mm. them. Have you tried any of those? No, no. Well, they're getting dwarfer and dwarfer. So that, you know, you used to have to wait till <laughs> it got big and you got a lot of the white stem material, which right. I don't think is very much nutrition relative to the green part. So they've been breeding them recently for the white stem part to be green, first of all, which mm. is better. And also for them to be dwarf and even extra dwarf so that the finished crop is like two inches high so it's fast it's lots of green very nutritious um, easier to grow and you know you can do repeat sowing so I'm kind of loving those and they're great stir fried with garlic and oil I mean where, where are you finding the seeds for those um, a lot of people have them I mean I think Baker Creek has some I think I'm trying to say who else um, Johnny's of course has a number I think um, Again, it depends on whether you want to do the 
organic and safe seed pledge stuff. Um, Kitazawa is probably, well, it's not probably, it definitely is the leading uh, seller of Asian seeds in this country, Kitazawa seeds. I think they're out in California. Um, so they have an incredible listing. I mean, that'll make your head spin. Um, but most everybody has some of these dwarf and semi dwarfs. I think I first had seen them in Johnny's a couple of years ago. And the ones that have the green uh, stem portion and bulk, sort of that base portion is green. And it's amazing how different they are. Uh, mm. So easy, easy, easy. Um, yeah. So those, uh, those are some of the things. Well, you mentioned tomatoes. And do you usually grow the same ones each year or do you try different ones? Um, or do you add a new one or you have favorites? Yeah, I, I had a friend who I, he had a greenhouse and he would start this. I would buy the packets and he would start the seeds. So we've been doing that for about 10 years and now he's moving away. Mm. So um, I'm trying to figure out one of the local farmers from the farm market if maybe they'll grow my tomato seedlings for me instead of doing it. Because especially if I'm going to do the onions and stuff, I just I don't have a big rig anymore that – you know, I don't really have a spot for it now that I live here in this little, very little house full time. So we'll see. Um, a big seed starting rig, I mean. I don't have mm. a room for it. I could put it in the living room. <laughs> 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 or the bedroom. <laughs> um, but uh, there is a tomato that I I bought fruits of at the farmer's market nearby late last year when I needed a few more. We We had a droughty year last year. And I didn't get quite as much fruit. I wanted to make a couple more batches of sauce for the freezer. And um, this local farmer had Juliet. Have you seen that one? No, no. Juliet tomato. I suppose it's. Um, I, I suppose it's a grape. I, I, you know, I always these w- weird categorizations of tomatoes, right? Um, it, it's. It looks like a s- small um, plum, mm-hmm. but very small, but. Wow, I mean, what a rich flavor! And apparently, this thing is a warhorse. And the so I I got in touch with that farmer, and asked him. Um, it's an F1 hybrid small plum, but it grows in grape-like clusters, so Ooh. you get a lot of fruits. Um, so I'm looking for seed of that, right? Well, actually, I mean, I know lots of people have it. I think Johnny's has that as well um, as other places. But I'm going to see if maybe he will grow me some extra plants because you don't even have to peel, even if you're someone who likes to peel uh, your tomatoes, you don't even really need to when you're making sauce. I mean, it's just so rich and delicious. It makes an amazing, amazing, I mean, you wouldn't believe the color of the sauce. So Juliet is, is a tomato. And again, it's a hybrid and you'd think, oh, well, what is this hippie girl? She probably doesn't grow hybrids. Not the case. I do in some cases. Um, You know, you can't, um, you can't beat in some cases the, um, you know, the benefits of of um, some of the vigor and so forth with something like tomato. Margaret, you're not going to believe this, but we are out of time. Uh, well, they just have to have me back next week and, <laughs> and next week. <laughs> what a wonderful idea because we just okay. got started and I wanted to well, ask you about... I miss you. you. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about Russian varieties and if you're growing any squash. Well, I will be here. You have my number. <laughs> that's wonderful. And thank you so much for joining me. I've been speaking with Margaret Roach, the former editorial director of Martha Stewart Living Omnimedia and creator of A Way to Garden, a place I always go to learn about gardening. And thank you again, Margaret. You're welcome, Ken. That's been great. Boy, there's so much to think about. But don't worry about these things. Just act on them. 
and it makes perfect sense. I mean, if you're going to buy seeds that you want to make uh, into vigorous, wonderful plants that are going to tolerate your conditions with this little extra fertilizer and water and pesticides and, and fungicides, then those seeds, the sturdier those, the plants were that the seeds came from, the better they're going to be for you. And it's something, you know, I didn't even think about it. Of course, I want to buy organically grown seeds because I'm, I'm organic and I want them too. But I didn't think of that, that the, the vigor and the strength from the original plant is going to be passed on in that strain to me and to my garden. You can listen to the show on the Organic Gardening website, organicgardening.com. And I'll be posting Margaret's link to her website, Away to Garden, and also to some of the places that we talked about today and some of those things that Margaret was talking about. So be sure to check out kendrewsrealdirt.com, the radio website. And I'll be back with you next week with another guest, Kendrews Real Dirt, The Garden Show. <laughs>